Not the permissive, but the perfect. How do you come to the place to know this is God's perfect plan for my life? Many of us want to make decisions in life, and sometimes we make the wrong decision, sadly. So how do we make that right decision that we need to make? So today we're going to talk about that, and I pray the Lord will use His Word to minister to you, and thank you for being with me. I pray the Lord will really bless you today with His Word. And dear Jesus, I thank you for your Word. I thank you with all my heart, Lord, for your promises to you be the praise Bless your people greatly, Lord, today, and strengthen them. And speak to them, Lord, and reveal your will. In Jesus' name, and God's people said, Amen and Amen. All right, number one, the will of God is only known by the Holy Spirit. And only those living in Christ Jesus can know it. So if you are a a child of God, then you will have the ability by the Spirit to know God's will. Now, the Bible says in uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 18, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So we see from the scriptures here that God's will is found in Jesus, not outside of Jesus. Now, The Bible says that God's will for us is always good. And we're commanded to know it. In fact, in Ephesians 5.17, it says it's our job to know the will of God. That's what Paul wrote. In fact, let's just read it very, very quickly. And I want to really help you today because I've had moments in my life where I had to know, what do I do, Lord? Do I go with this? Do I not go with this? And so it says... In verse 17, wherefore, this is Ephesians 5, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So, number one, those with a worldly mind cannot know it. We need the mind of the Spirit because the Bible tells us in Romans 12, and and we, we pray for that. We as believers have to ask God, for the mind of the Spirit to be in us. So in Romans 12 and verse 2, the Bible says these amazing words, be not conformed to this world. People who don't know the will of God, are they, they don't know it because they're worldly. But when you become spiritual, then it's easy to know it. Be not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? When I read that scripture, it says to me very, very clearly that only those with a renewed mind can know the will of God. And you get a renewed mind through the scriptures, through the word. So don't be conformed to this world because otherwise you will not, you will not know God's voice. Be renewed by be be transformed, I should say, by the renewal of your mind, and then you'll be able to prove, then you'll be able to know that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And this also tells me something very important about the will of God. It's progressive. We cannot know God's will instantly. Now, I'm going to give you things to look for today, things that are simple to really look at, 
But first, I want to really get this through to you. It's God's perfect will we want, not permissive will. Because there is a permissive will, and a permissive will happens when we want our way, like Balaam wanted his own way, because God says, don't go with them, and then he, he because of his greed, he, he wanted to go, and says, okay, God said to him, go, but there was loss later. So all because of haste, people end up in trouble. So get to know the scriptures. Let the word of God renew your mind. Once your mind is renewed by the Bible, then God can speak to you through his word. We give God the tools to use through his word. If we don't know the word, God cannot use it to speak to us. So by reading the Bible, even though we may not understand it all, you know, as quickly as we want, but eventually we will. Because today, you know, when I ask God for certain things I want, I think about how did God do it in the past through Scripture? What did God do with an individual in the Bible? How did God respond to a certain situation? It helps me know because God doesn't change. So when I read the Bible... God speaks to me not only through what he says, but what he does with individuals, how he responds to their situations. I learn about the ways of the Lord by watching the way he dealt with a nation or a person. And then I know that's the way he is. So when I ask him, he reveals it to me immediately by me thinking, oh, that's how God did it with Abraham. That's how God did it with David. And that's how David or someone else could not find it because of this and because of that. For example, David could not find God's will when he, when he had sinned with Bathsheba because he said to the Lord, let me hear again your voice because of his sin, remember? So when people are living in sin, they can't hear God's voice. They have to repent. And that's what David did in Psalm 51, verse 8. He repented, and then he said, make me to hear your voice. Make me to hear joy and gladness, because I want to hear your voice again, Lord. Because he knew when he had sinned, he could not hear God's voice. So we have to live righteously, and only the word of God enables us to live righteously. So, three things. Number one, we have to be in Christ. Number two, renew our mind so we would know the will of God. And number three, search for it. Ephesians 5.17 says, know it, search for it. You've got to find it. So 1 Thessalonians 5.18, you have to be in Jesus. Romans 12.2, renew your mind. Ephesians 5.17, search or ask for it. So you qualify. Because you will not be watching me if you are not in Jesus. And you will not be watching me if you don't want to renew your mind. <laughs> and you will not want to hear the word of God if, if you're not looking to hear God's voice. So, now, remember what I just said about haste. Because God leads in stillness. God leads in stillness. In the Psalms, in Psalm 23, it says, He leadeth me beside what? the still waters. God leads me 
when I come to a place of stillness, God cannot lead me when, there, when there's chaos around me, when there's haste. So in Psalm 23 and verse 2, I know you know it by heart, but it's good to see it again. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside what? The still waters. So God always guides us and leads us in quietness, in stillness. This is so important because I've never known a time in my life when I could hear God and I was hasty. I wanted it like now, today. No, no. It's progressive. The voice of God comes progressively. I must be in Christ. Renew my mind. Ask God to show it to me. And then be still. Get to a place of quietness and stillness. He leads me beside the still waters, not beside turbulent waters. So now, we grow in the Lord as, as we get to those still waters. We have to understand something about what the Bible says now in Hebrews 5, verse 12 through 14. It says, For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you, you have need that one teach you again which be the first principles of the oracles of God, are become such as have need for milk and not strong meat. Because it says for everyone that is using milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. He's a babe. But strong meat belongs to them that are of a full age, even those who by reason of what? Use. Have their senses exercised to discern, to discern good and evil, to discern is this of God or not of God. So Paul says, you, you've, you've got to start growing spiritually. So in verse 12, he says, you, you know, uh, you, you ought to be teachers. You ought to have grown spiritually. And then in verse 13, he says, if you're using milk, you won't know it. You've got to have meat now. Meat belongs to them who are using the word. They are growing by exercise, exercising the word, knowing the word, adding to what they know scripturally, scripturally, and now they can discern good and evil. I told you earlier, you cannot know it fast. Now, you know, I'll say a few things that can help you in just a little bit. How, if you need an answer quickly, what to look for, because I've had to go through that to myself. But eventually, when you get to know the Word of God, you don't need those things. You, you don't need to depend on things that are easy, you know, sometimes to come by, but not always easy, not always easy. Because as you grow older in the Lord, God uh, depends on you now to, to get, you know, deep. Because sometimes, you know, uh, when we need easy answers. God allows us to know it the easy way, but it doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes we have big decisions. Sometimes we have difficult decisions, and we cannot de de really depend on, uh, am I feeling peace, you know? Uh, is, it, is it something? No. Or I need a word, or I need a vision, or I need a dream from God, you know? These, these things happen to all of us, but for big decisions, that's where you need to really know the Bible. I've had moments in my life where I needed big decisions. I had to make a big decision. 
I could not depend on dreams and visions and prophecy and feelings like what I feel that the peace of God. These things, of course, are important too in small matters, in small decisions. So in small decisions, we can depend on the peace of God that guides us. The Lord will speak through a dream, through a vision, through a prophetic word. But for big decisions, I need more than that. I need to know how did God do it in the past? What does the Bible say about the way God dealt with a similar situation in the life of an individual in the Bible? Or would I know what God said about it in the Bible? Because otherwise I wouldn't know it. Believe me, I've had moments when I've had to make massive decisions that could have meant harm if I made the wrong decision. And there were times, uh, at times when it took days before I really knew, but I had to go to the Word, to the Word. I had to go back in the Word. And so that's why I say it's progressive. Even dreams and visions are progressive. Even when God gives you a, a prophetic word, you have to test it. Is this really God? I can't just go just because somebody says the Lord tell, you know, had said that I should tell you this. It's more than that. Like, for example, marriage. Marriage is a big decision. Opening a business is a big decision. Buying a house is a big decision. Because sometimes people buy a house because it looks nice, but they're not looking at the spiritual atmosphere in it. My brother, one of my brothers, bought a home years ago. He did not know there were demons in it. Because before he bought it, a family that had owned it had seances and demonic things that were going on. And my brother, who bought the house with his wife, demons were harassing them at night after they bought it. They had to leave the house and lost money. So think about even buying a house. It's not about the way it looks. It's about the way it feels. It's about the atmosphere. Sue and I walked into homes many times. And we both felt, no, it's not it. And it looked beautiful, just great. Like, it looked perfect in the natural. I'm talking to somebody now. I'm telling you, I know it now. I'm talking to somebody who needs to hear this. Because it's not about what the eyes see. It's about what the heart feels when you walk into a home. Because that's your home. That's your haven of rest. You, you don't want to go into a home that had been possessed by demons because of somebody doing demonic things in it prior to you coming. Be careful with that. Be careful with that. Or businesses, people buy businesses that are actually cursed. These things are real. I'm telling you, these things are real, okay? So maybe another day I'll talk about some of this because I know some people dismiss it and well you know I can walk in and break the curse well not not always not always this the this is for another time for another teaching because I've lived long enough to know things that maybe younger people haven't really had experienced but it's deeper than that okay so but you have to understand something the Bible is clear it takes time take your time when it comes to big decisions never Be hasty with big decisions. Now, sometimes, like I said, we need a a decision by this week. And I've had that happen too. And the Lord has spoken to me often by a dream, like I've had one just recently where God just spoke to me because I asked him. And he came by the dream and I knew it. 
But there are times God doesn't do that. Often, he really doesn't. He wants you to know his word. He wants you to know how did he do it before? How did he, what did he say in scripture? All right, so how does God speak? Well, first he speaks through his word. Remember, remember, the prophet Daniel talked about in Daniel chapter 9, he understood by the scriptures, by the scriptures. Often, you know, we, we focus on, on other things, but not the scriptures. In Daniel 9, verse 1, 2, and 3, it says, In the first year of Darius, the son of Hyseris of the city of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books or by the Bible, by the, by the scriptures. The number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. So he knew through the word, which I think is the most often, uh, this is how, how God leads most of the time, okay? And that's how God speaks. 90% of the time, it's through the word. Now, there are times that God will speak through circumstance. Because do you remember in Genesis 24, and that's another way God speaks, but again, it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. In Genesis 24, verse 12, and I love this portion because it says about Eliezer when he was looking for Isaac's wife. Rebecca. So he prayed. He said, Lord, I pray thee, send me good speed, show me kindness, and so on. I stand here at the well, the daughters of, 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 of the man of the city are come. Let it come to pass that the, that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down your picture. So he's praying. But it says something very powerful about this man. It says, God let him while in the way, while in the way is a powerful, powerful verse in this portion. Because he said, while I was in the way, the Lord led me. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name, Lord, forever. So he, he says in this chapter, the Lord led me while in the way. Meaning, I was, I was moving. I was acting. God cannot lead us sometimes. Please read this chapter for yourself. That's Genesis 24, 12 through 20, 26. So God led him while he was moving. And sometimes God cannot talk to us while we are still. So be in motion spiritually. And then God uses also us, I should say speaks to us, while we are moving also in the natural, we are going on. We have to test the waters, in other words. I remember a dear man of God named Austin Wilkerson years ago. I'd asked this man of God in Houston. I said, how do I know that I'm to start crusades? Because at that time, I knew it in my heart. I, I said, Lord, you know, is this really you? And it took time before I really, really, really knew it. And Austin said to me, he said, the priests in the Old Testament had to get their feet wet, Benny, before the river, the Jordan River divided. He said, get your feet wet and God will show you. And so what I did, 
I went to two churches at first. I went to one in North Carolina, sorry, South Carolina, Greenville uh, area. And then I went one to one in, in, in uh, Southern California, Ralph Wilkerson's church. And the crowds were so massive, they couldn't get in. And then I said, okay, the churches, these are these were big churches. We The one in South Carolina seated 5,000, and also the one in Southern California seated 5,000. And many thousands showed up to those, to those uh, two first uh, services. In fact, one in South Carolina, the, the highway was blocked. Nobody could get even near it. And then that's what, what the staff said, you need not to go to the stadiums. Because I was afraid to go to the stadiums. Well, what if they don't fill? We're going to lose all this money and lose face especially. But I said, no, I'm going to get my feet wet. So sometimes God leads you, like Eliezer, through circumstances. You have to kind of check it out and test it out. Same thing happened when I began OCC. Did it very slowly. I said, Lord, if this is you, I'm going to do this. And if, if you bless it, I'll, I'll do the next thing and the next thing. And the Lord did every one of them because starting a church is a big decision. You don't just do it like this because it, 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 it could really hurt your future. All right. Another way that God really speaks is not just through circumstances, but I believe God also sometimes speaks through what I believe is called a similitude. Now, I know a lot of people probably have never heard that, but in Hosea 12 and verse 10, we have the most remarkable portion here. It says, I've also spoken about the prophets. I've multiplied visions and used similitudes by the minister of the prophets or symbols. Similitudes are images. Sometimes, most of the time, it really happens when you're in and out of sleep. You know, you're like, you're not sure if you're sleeping or not sleeping. And God just shows you something. I've had that happen to me. So these are the things that sometimes God does slowly with us. We have to go through the scriptures like Daniel. We have to test it through, you know, circumstances like Eliezer. But sometimes we pray and God literally gives us in time an image of it which cannot leave us. It's just something that stays with you. And, and, and mostly it happens like I said, when you're in and out of sleep, you're not even sure whether you're asleep yet. And sometimes something becomes so, wham, becomes so real to you. And for days and weeks, you cannot get away from it. You know, this is what you need to do. And of course, God speaks uh, in, in quick ways through his peace. I think when we need a strong, quick decision, that God gives us peace. So Paul talks about the peace of God that should guide us all. And I think we need that all the time. Uh, but at times God uses that peace for decisions we need to make. So it says in Colossians 3.15, something powerful, that the peace of God rule in your hearts. So this is often how, 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 we, how God speaks to us and through the gifts of the Spirit and so on. But I repeat, whether it's through the gifts of the Spirit or the peace of God, or through the scriptures, or through circumstances, God always leads in stillness. God always leads in stillness. So back to what I said earlier. Are you in Christ? If the answer is yes, you qualify. 
Is your mind renewed? If the answer is yes, you're, you're on the way. But then ask for it, search for it, get to know it. Ephesians 5, know the will of God. Search for the will of God. And then get into a place of quietness, a place of rest in your soul and spirit, and God will speak to you. And believe me, it will happen clearly and beautifully. And you will not move into God's permissive will like Balaam because of haste. You'll move into God's perfect will because of stillness. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' glorious name, bring them into that place, Lord. They will hear your voice clearly in their hearts. Know your will beautifully in their life. And Lord, for those who are listening now, who need a, a quick decision, Lord, they, they need to make a quick decision. Speak to them, Lord, through your peace. Speak to them through a dream or a vision or a word of prophecy. In the glorious name of Jesus. And Lord, those that have big decisions to make, let them know through your word, through your word, what to do. I give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. You know, I feel the anointing right now. Lord, speak to them. Lift your hands, come on. Lord, speak to them in Jesus' name, clearly and powerfully, for your glorious name's sake. Amen and amen. All right, listen, before I say bye to you, I want to talk to you about giving to the Lord's work. I want to remind you how important it is, first of all, and how important it's becoming even. Maybe more important than it, it was in the past. Are you facing a financial crisis right now? I have in the past, and uh, there are sometimes painful decisions to make when it comes to money because we need it in other things for life. But if you're facing a financial crisis right now, if you're facing a moment where you don't know what to do with a problem financially, the best thing you can do is succeed in the work of the Lord. In the work of the Lord. The minute you succeed in His work, God will speak, uh, God will, 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 I should say, bless you very quickly. He's done that with me in the past. I will never forget the time I had a critical situation with our ministry, financially. And the Lord so clearly spoke to me to give. And I had a real struggle with it. I had really struggled with it. And I sowed a big seed because I did not know what else to do. I said, Lord, I'm stepping out in faith because you said, give, it shall be given unto you. And I need a miracle financially, Lord, and I don't know where to go, I, I cannot go to the bank because that will get me deeper in debt. I, I, I can't look to men because I just don't want to and it's the wrong thing to do anyways. I'm looking to you, Lord, what do I do? And I sowed a seed, a substantial seed. And the Lord spoke to a dear woman named Linda to, to give us an amazing check that came right on time without even her knowing that we had a need. God spoke to her. I've that happened so many times. I had Ron Luce years ago come to a conference 
who had a big youth ministry, and the Lord told me to give him our offering in a conference. And I really struggled with that. And I had a big need, a big need financially. And the Lord said, give him the offering. And that offering was $40,000. Imagine giving another minister $40,000 from the off- that was your, your, your offering on a, on a, in a big service. And a man walked up to us a few days later and gave the ministry $400,000 because he had sold something to do with his business and wanted to give a tithe of it. And we gave 40 and got 400. I'll never, I, and I'll never forget these things that have happened to me. And sometimes you just have to do what is difficult. It was a very hard decision for me to give Ron Lewis's ministry 40,000 or something dollars there, and God Almighty giving us back 400. I've had that happen over and over and over and over again, many times. Or when the Lord spoke to me to, to give Ronald Bunky a lot of money for his crusade in Nigeria, and we needed a massive amount of money that was supplied in one week for our television airtime. Because I had a need. And the Lord said, so is he in Bonke's ministry. You know, and often we don't want to do that because we think, well, I'm the, I'm the one who needs the money. No, you need the blessing. You need the blessing. So you have to sow seed, and sometimes it's really tough to do it. So Lord, speak to them in Jesus' name. Whatever the need is, Lord, I pray as they sow that seed financially, they will see a miracle supernaturally happen right on time. In Jesus' name. Okay, you can sow right now on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, benihin.org, or you can simply text BHM45777 and a great day tomorrow in a powerful teaching. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. Benny Hen Ministries has stayed on the cutting edge for the past five decades, making the move from analog television to digital broadcasts, HDTV, the Internet, streaming live events, and social media. Today's fast-changing, bold new world brings an entirely new set of challenges. What we did in 1974 when this ministry began, or in 2000, or even 2022, will not be effective in 2023, and who knows what 2024 and beyond will bring. Benny Hinn's ministry has been at the forefront of each innovation that provides a better way of taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world more effectively and efficiently. Today, more than ever before, we stand on the edge of a bold new world. From the beginning, the Lord made it clear that keeping and storing all archives and resources should be a top priority. This is a new hour. This is the Joshua generation. Now I want to tell you something. The first thing God said to Moses is go down. The first thing he said to Joshua is arise. We're not a people who are going down. We're ones who are rising up. Even with controlled temperature storage facilities, time has been the enemy. Tape warping, decay, housing detachments, cracks, shredding, and breakdowns happen. Older tapes break disintegrate, and require surgical-type methods of restoration. Thus far, we've rescued and digitized 10,500 of the 13,437 tapes from the past half-century. 
to God be the glory, a conservative estimate to finish this digitation process is a million dollars to restore the final 30% of these disintegrating tapes and move everything over to a much more permanent digital format. The project, already started, can be completed fairly quickly. Imagine, if you will, what could happen if all of our digitized material could be used to translate everything into every language on Earth. It is possible, even better, how exciting would it be to translate these materials using the same voice as originally spoken, yet in all of the different dialects around the world. Pastor Benny speaks several languages, but imagine if his teachings became available online with him speaking in Swahili, Mandarin, Portuguese, Belarusian, or Cherokee. This amazing AI tool will be useful around the world. Pastor Benny's legacy, life's work, calling, and anointing will be preserved for generations yet to come until the Lord returns. And with artificial intelligence tools that can translate all of the digitized materials into languages around the world, we can truly fulfill our Lord's great commission. Nearly 50 years ago, this great adventure known as Benny Hen Ministries began with one voice. Today, that one voice continues to be amplified over and over through every possible means. It's time to finish the job. What happens next will be the greatest blessing of all.